What is up, Buff Nation? Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast. We are presented by Illegal Pete's. Check out any of their 10 Colorado locations for happy hour at 3 to 6 p.m. every day. You guys know I love my Illegal Pete's. I also love hanging out and talking to our guy, Will Darkey. Will is back. Will, my man, we just went to a crazy basketball game. The Buffs beat Washington State on a last-minute play, but how are you doing, man? I'm I'm doing great. Yeah, just a couple hours since that game happened. Just still riding the high. Um, feelings mutual as well. Always have a great time hanging and talking with you. So I'm just happy to be here, but in an even better mood after the KJ game winner. Yes, sir. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into quite a bit, but I want to ask you because class is back in session. What is it like on campus right now? Just give us the details on the vibes. What is the buzz? Are, is everyone still freaking out about Coach Prime? Yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, you not as much with football. You can see it more tangibly with the Washington game that happened on Thursday. You get, you get a packed student section again. That's the loudest I can remember the CU event center since the CSU game. So mm-hmm. over a month. And yeah, it's just nice to be back, back in the swing of things and just have this buzz around sports again but yeah the the buzz has definitely not died down at all with coach prime especially with just new news coming out every day yeah (laughs) we'll talk some football uh, a bit later but we're here to talk some hoops as you already mentioned kj with the game winning three-pointer with four seconds remaining i think it was less than four seconds actually the buffs win 58 55 they defend home court against the washington state cougars Tristan, another fantastic night. And I think that's where we start, man. 27 points on 11 of 13 shooting from the field. Just tell the people, how special was he tonight? He was so special. Um, He's scored higher than 27 this season, but I truly think that was his best performance of the season. Uh, Just offensively, he was in such a rhythm. He started nine of nine and... I thought we were going to get to a point where like, if he put the, if he put the ball up, it was just going to go in. Like he looked so confident out there and let me pull up. I took a note like halfway through the second. Um, I think the buffs had 35 points and Tristan was like 21 of them. He was <laughs> single-handedly the offense for the buffs there for a while. And yeah, he was, he was special tonight. That was one of his best offensive performances I've ever seen from him. So. I agree. He's had a great year so far and he's really looked locked in, in these home games and has really delivered um, and allowed the buffs to get some big wins at home. And as Tad, we talked about him or talked to Tad in the post game and what he said about Tristan is got to do it on the road. And I think that's just the next step for him. Let's go to KJ though. Only five of 12 shooting. Only one for three from behind the arc. That one three just being massive, though, of course, the game winner. 16 points. We talked to him uh, at Friday's practice, I believe that was. Um, he said he was still kind of, you know, last couple of weeks working back from his ankle injury and being sick. I think we finally saw KJ being back tonight, though. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, it did, it kind of hurt to hear at practice when he was – he. you could hear it in his voice. He was kind of bummed and pissed that – he felt like he was in such a rhythm and then the ankle injury happened and then he got sick and he just, he got out of this rhythm and yeah, I couldn't agree. I, he definitely got back into the vintage KJ we were seeing just a month ago, five of 12, a uh, little less than 50%, like not an incredible shooting night. It's, a, it's still a good solid shooting night you'll take, but I think 
his play goes beyond the numbers, specifically that poster that he had with like four minutes yeah. left. You could tell when he dunked, he comes back down and his eyes just go into this like takeover mode. I saw it. And then very next offensive possession, he has an incredible dish to Tristan under the basket. And then yeah. he has the game winner a couple minutes later. So he, it looked like vintage KJ those last four minutes specifically where he just went into this takeover mode and looked like the true star of the team that we've gotten so used to this season. I want to go back to that sequence you mentioned the KJ big dunk. And then the next play, um, they, I, I don't know what happened on the other end. I think they um, turned it over from the Cougars or something, but they're coming the other way. KJ has a beautiful pass right into the basket to Tristan. He lays it in. I mean, it's two baskets. It was a four point little sequence, but man, it was so big in the context of the game, just because the buffs were really just hanging around at that point. But that was really, I think when they began to take control and it was just a huge momentum shift, I think, for the team at that point. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because I've gotten so used to watching Jokic and Jamal Murray, but <laughs> that little like two-man game that they played in that pass, I would love to see so much more of that. Specifically, like, you just look at the box score and De Silva with 27, KJ with 16. Like They're the two guys that obviously took over this game for the Buffs today. But I'd love to just see more two-man game worked in between like just De Silva and Cage are just bouncing off of each other because man, that play was, that was something special. And yeah, I think it was right before the under four minute media timeout and it just a huge spark got all the fans going. just, it got the place rowdy because I don't know. I don't know if you were noticing it too, but I feel like the first half, it was just, there wasn't really a buzz in the arena. It, yeah. just, it was kind of like mm-hmm. this boring game. Not a lot of shots going in, a lot of turnovers happening, but that sequence like just ignited the CU Event Center. And mm-hmm. I think it was a big reason they were able to pull out this victory against Washington State. Yeah, great analysis there. Cause I think it was those turnovers. They started the game, I think they opened with three turnovers right off the bat. It may have been four. Um, and it just seemed like we were going to get this onslaught of turnovers again that we saw um on their most recent road trip. Um Man, it was just, it was tough to watch. Uh, what was it, 45 turnovers in those two games combined against UCLA and USC? It seemed like, oh no, here we go again, but it was huge. I want to talk about the rest of the roster though, man, because we talked a lot about Tristan and KJ. Tristan had 27, KJ had 16, but the rest of the team combined only 16 points. You got nine from Hadley, you got five from Hammond, and Gabadon gave you one free throw bucket. That's about it, though. I mean, Lawson, we've talked a lot about him. Luke O'Brien, not a great game either. And Neat Clifford just seems to be having a rough year. What do you make of the rest of the team and where they're kind of at right now? Just wherever direction you want to go. Yeah, I we talked about it post-game a bit with Neat Clifford, and you just we got the, the box score paper, and we were both looking. It's like, wow, zero of one shooting, just 11 minutes tonight, and you're just not – you, going into the season, you kind of thought Neat Clifford would be one of those guys that would take the next jump and in his junior year just kind of become one of, not the star player, you were kind of expecting De Silva and Cajun to be those guys, but just become a really big role player. And he just, he, has, he hasn't really filled that. He's kind of lacked that. And yeah, Luke, 0-3, also zero points tonight. But I think the bigger thing that I've seen from Luke, I've never really expected him to jump off the stat sheet with scoring. He's had a couple, uh, the Stanford or Cal game. He, I think it was a Stanford game. He made the 
four threes and that was awesome, but I'm never yeah. expecting that from him, from him. I'm expecting the more nitty gritty Tad kind of talked about it. He had like this really nice dive on the ground to get the ball and just kind of those 110% effort plays. That's what I'm expecting from Luke O'Brien more. And yeah, I mean, Neek finishes with 11 minutes, Luke's up to 24 minutes. We were kind of talking, when do you maybe make a change? If you make a change, I would be a little interested to see, or I mean, Julian Hammond too, not the best shooting night tonight, one of six, but we've seen Julian Hammond get hot more and more of these past couple games. And maybe he finds a starting role somehow, but I, there might need to be something because yeah, it's not the prettiest to look at the starters and see two goose eggs. That's just not, that's not going to win you games. It won the game today, but it's not going to win you many games. I want to get back to Lawson, but man, I can't help but think that not having Julian Ruffin is a big reason why we've seen the bench kind of underperforming. We saw it. I mean, we were talking about Mask Ruffin, man. Mask Ruff was different. He was going out there, putting up, uh, I think he hit double digits a few times and just really came with the energy and just that sense of urgency off the bench that this team really needed. You saw that lacking tonight. I think you could throw him in the conversation also for potentially breaking into the starting lineup um, if and when he's healthy. Tad said tonight he just didn't feel right. It was close. It was a game-time decision, but just didn't have uh, the confidence to go. Where do you think Ruffin kind of fits in once uh, he's back and healthy? Yeah, I mean, I agree. You could even slot him into a starting role. Um, He's provided some great sparks off the bench. That USC game, he was kind of the one like grasp at life that the buffs had that first half where it's like, nobody was making shots, but Ruffin was nailing threes and he was kind of keeping us alive too. So you can see, you've seen it from a lot of guys. That's kind of been the whole thing. There's been a lot of inconsistency this year where it's like, okay, they're dead silent this game and popped off that game. But I really have liked what I've seen from Ruffin and this being his first year of collegiate ball. And yeah, I would not be opposed if you also wanted to give him a, a go at um, some starting minutes once he gets healthy, but yeah. We'll see. Um, I think they got something working there, but let's go back to Lawson. You look at the box score and you maybe go, oh man, like when is he ever going to get it together? But I want you, because you wanted to ask Tad this about the defensive effort um, that he shows and what he was able to do to shut down Washington inside and under the, under the hoop. Um, Just go ahead and tell us what you saw there. Yeah. Kind of like what I said with Luke, where the numbers don't jump off the page. You definitely see that with Lawson tonight because it's like oh he didn't take a shot he missed three he missed all three free throws and he only had two rebounds it's like oh he was a non-factor but he the thing that really stuck out to me was Washington State's top player or one of their two top players Muhammad Gay who I think came into this game averaging 15 points per game in conference play got held to zero points zero seven shooting zero of two from three and he only brought down five rebounds himself. So, I mean, it just, it looked to just be a scrum inside today. Both, Mm -hmm. both the big men for both teams finished with zero points. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with Lawson and it wasn't just Lawson. There was like when Lawson was off, Tristan was stepping up and Luke, I bet stepped up here and there, but I think predominantly that was Lawson's um, assignment. And I'm really impressed with being able to hold Muhammad Gay to zero points, who's I thought was going to be one of the biggest problems coming into this game today. Yeah, Lawson's had his struggle against other bigs, but 
the effort and his impact on the defensive end of the court has been, I think, pretty apparent all year long. Um, and it's why I think he continues to stay in these defense or in these lineups in general, uh, his just defensive capabilities. We'll move on. We'll talk about Washington or the Washington game briefly and then talk about things after that. But before I want to tell you all about our friends over at Bacchus and Shanker, when you get hurt, Bacchus and Shanker are here to help. They're free upfront to speak with about your case. They also offer no fees while they work on your case and no fees unless they win your case and win money for you. Bacchus and Shanker have won over $1 billion for their clients and they are now serving with even more locations throughout Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Box and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. We can even help if you're injured at work. Call us at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Again, Bacchus and Shanker wins. Also, shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We just finished up the NFL Divisional Weekend, Will. Uh, we were talking about some gambling a bit while we were at the game. How have you been doing betting on these games throughout the playoffs? Um, Today was not the best day, but yesterday was a really good day for me. Hit a same-game parlay versus or in the – what was it? What was the first game yesterday? The Jags um, game, the Chiefs game. Yes, the Jags Chiefs hit the same game there. And then I also cashed a Dallas Goddard first touchdown yesterday. So nice. Kind of playing with house money today. Not the best, but I mean, it's so much fun to just have just toss a couple bucks, have a little thing, little little something to root for, especially with me being a Broncos fan. It gives me a little stake got. in the Yeah, it gives <laughs> me a little stake in the got. game. I hear that. Um remember that same game parlay I showed you today? Yes. Um, How'd that go? Uh, not great. Do you know not why? Great. Well, Why? it would have been great if the Niners scored more than 19 points because I had a team total over 19 and a half. That half point got me. That's all I needed, man. Tough one. <laughs> that That is a bad beat. Absolutely brutal. But you guys know DraftKings is the best place to bet on sports. They are an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code DMVR. That's how you as a new customer can bet $5 on the NFL division, I guess, conference round now. We're on the conference championships, then the Super Bowl, only three games left in the season. Anyways, bet with DraftKings, $5 on any NFL team, get 200 free bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DMBR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, well, let's go back a bit to the Washington game. I know it's not as fresh in our minds. It was close. The Buffs, I mean, it was one of those off nights from them. I think we saw it from the beginning there. Um, our guy, or not our guy, but Kayon Brooks, Brooks Jr. on Washington just went off 25 points. They really couldn't stop him. The Buffs struggled to score, only shot 43.8% from the field. What did we see in that Washington game through your eyes, Will? Uh, yeah, you touched on it with Keon Brooks. Um, that's what Tad brought up. He kind of brought up just the overall lack of effort that he saw from his guys. And that's, he talked about how you put up 72 points at home. You should be winning the game, but they gave up 75 to Washington and 25 of that 75 went to Keon Brooks. And it was a very efficient 25 to mm -hmm. nine of 12 shooting three of five from three. I was, I was very nervous about Keon Brooks coming into this game just because Kentucky transfer. So, I mean, 
he was recruited by the blue bloods coming out of high school. Like he's got that, he's got that star power take over the game in him. And that's exactly what we saw on Thursday night. And yeah, it just, the offense was kind of there when you, like Tad said, put up 72, but just an overall lack of effort. And I think he was just, I think he was brain dead. Um, describing just how the team was on defense. Yep. They just they were lazy on like getting to assignments and kind of closing out at uh with the three ball, which that's where Washington really capitalized, shooting nine of 20, 45% from the field. And that was actually the big difference because the buffs were just blind. It seemed like they were just throwing up bricks left and right from three. And so yeah, that's where I would put the the biggest difference in the game was Washington's ability to make the three due to CU's lack of defense. And then we also sucked from, from three. Yeah. Putting it bluntly, but only three and 19 from behind the arc. It's 15, or I guess 16% from three point land. It was a high volume night for De Silva. He only went eight of 21. He did score 17 points, was grabbing some boards. So again, I think this was another one where, Todd, Ted talked about it tonight, the value that Julian Ga- or Jalen Gabadon brought to the floor just in terms of his, his toughness, two-way ability, and his impact as a vocal leader. Um, he does that on the court when he was hurt. You saw him talking a lot, but, man, it's just a world difference when he's actually on the court and able to get in there. I think we saw the uh, the lack of pop from the bench a bit that night, too. I mean, Julian Hammond had a great night. He put up 18 points. I believe that was a career high for him. Um, but you didn't really get anything else from anyone else, man. Ethan Wright, only two points. O'Brien had eight points himself. Lawson, not a great game. Neek, not a great game. This team, man, we've been talking about the inconsistencies all year. Um, I guess we can kind of use this as a transition point in terms of looking forward on the schedule. But what do we make of this team now? I mean, what do we know about them other than the fact that they are maddeningly inconsistent? That I feel like that question is quickly getting up there with asking someone like, "What's the meaning of life?" It just <laughs> it, it just leaves me speechless. I don't even, uh, it, I don't know. Like, there's some weeks that they win two games, and it's like, okay, they're building, and then they lose two games. Like, okay, they're not building. Then we have a week like this where it's just kind of a puzzling loss, but then they very next game have a game winning three and. Kind of like okay, that was a nice boost to the to the mentality. But I I do think Tad talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying the inconsistencies lie with defense. And you were just talking about it with Jalen Gavidon. I think he is a huge piece for this team. Just he, the Yale def, former Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year when he was at Yale, he has the defensive talent, but also like you were saying, just the leadership qualities he brings. He's so vocal and just, I mean, Ivy league, he's a smart guy too. So oh yeah, I think Gabadon hopefully can bring back some more defensive consistency that this team really needs, especially going back on the road again with um, first matchups against Oregon and Oregon is mm-hmm. they're starting to get right at the right time. So I I think this game specifically, it's it's nice to go into the road trip coming off a win, and I think you need to build off of the defense you got from the team, especially with Jalen Gavidon coming back, and you you got to build off of that and keep putting up these good defensive efforts. 
For sure. So this coming week, you touched on it at Oregon. I believe this is on Thursday and then at Oregon State on the 28th, which is Saturday. Last time we saw the Buffs against these two teams, they put up historic defensive numbers just in the terms of limiting Oregon and Oregon State shooting from the field. Um, they out-rebounded, I think, both of those teams. It was really a beatdown both games. Is that possible that we see that kind of defensive effort on the road from this team? We know that the road can be kind of where this team falls flat. Um, but what do you think we're going to get from this team next week, this week? Uh, I think you could see another de- like so more solid defensive performances like we saw against these teams. The one thing, I don't think you'll get as close to what you got because yeah, those last two meetings were historic numbers. They hadn't touched those numbers since the 1940s. I think you can go out and put up solid defensive performances again, kind of like they did at UCLA. They held UCLA in the low fifties or high fifties. Maybe they got to the low sixties. I'm forgetting, but they actually held UCLA in check for a good portion of that game. And I think you could see that again. I think just what comes with it is, being able to hold them on defense and then just pair that with, I think you just need like above average scoring. You just can't go non-existent on the offensive end and try to like, just keep yourself in the game with good defense. You need good defense and pair it with good offense. But I, I think they do have it in them. They, I mean, they shut down both these teams. So I don't see why they can't at least do it to a certain extent again, but mm-hmm. I also love home home court advantage in college basketball. So it'll right. be it it'll be a really everything. yeah, it'll be a really tough test on the road. But I think I think they got it in them. Feels like we're coming down to a bit of a pivotal point in the season. It's really getting down to make or break time. Where do you see the buffs kind of fitting into the Pac 12 right now and just the conference as a whole? I mean, is UCLA just a cut above everyone, or do the buffs have a chance to really make a run in this tournament here coming up in March? I still think the Pac-12, while people are starting to separate record-wise, I still think the field's quite a bit open. It's I think it could be anybody's ball game, especially once you get to the Pac-12 tournament at a neutral court in Vegas. But um, this past weekend, UCLA went to Arizona. It was a top 11 matchup because Arizona was 11, mm-hmm. but that was a star-studded matchup. And Arizona shut down UCLA and I mean, the Buffs went on the road and shut down UCLA. Washington State also went to Arizona a couple weekends ago and dominated them on Arizona's home court. Who the like? So I'm sorry, I'm tossing around a lot of names. No, you're good right now. But if the Buffs can go out and beat Washington State today, when I I personally say the Buffs didn't even have their best game. It wasn't like the Buffs were on their A game and Washington State was on their right. D game. Like it was it was a pretty equal matchup of like not playing the best, but if Washington state who the bus just beat can also go to Arizona and crush Arizona, but then Arizona can beat UCLA. That just makes me think, I mean, you see it in all conferences, but I just, I don't think the PAC 12 is any different. I think it's, it's wide open for the taking. And right now, as it stands, the buffs aren't in the best situation. Just that Washington loss at home really does hurt. So at large chances, I'm. I think I'm kind of out on. I think it's a little, maybe a little too late. But 
I think the Buffs can still hang with any team in the conference come the Pac-12 tournament. So, I kind of want to go back to that UCLA game. Um, we never, we didn't really talk about it on this show at all. But as you mentioned, defensively, this team has showed that they could be great defensively at times, and I think they were against UCLA for, I don't know, thirty-two minutes in that game. I mean, they held them to what over fourteen, over fifteen from three-point land until late in the game, then UCLA just goes on that 17-point run, and that's really what defined that game. But we saw like against these good teams, against the best teams in this conference, the Buffs, are they can show up, and they can go toe-to-toe with them. They can play gritty. They can make the game nasty in their favor. It's just a matter of knocking down their own shots for CU, and it felt like that in that UCLA game. Uh, the Buffs weren't shooting great themselves. And it just felt like, man, UCLA really only needs one run. Sure enough, they got it at the very end of the game, and that was the difference. Um, some tough games coming up down the stretch. As we mentioned, the Oregon schools this week, and then a trip back to the Bay Area against California and Stanford the week after that. And then you go on a bit of a road trip, Utah, Arizona State, and then the big one on the 18th against Arizona Say you split these, say you beat either one of Arizona or UCLA, does that make you feel a lot better about this team heading into the tournament, or do, do they have to win both of these games, do you feel? Um, I think it makes me feel better, especially I, I'm all about momentum too. And so if you're beating Arizona or UCLA later in the regular season, I do love that for momentum. Kind of shows maybe the team's building a bit of an identity to then play into the Pac-12 tournament. But at the same time, I kind of this whole like, oh, we're going to have a good win and build an identity with it. That's kind of out the window for me with this team. You just I don't even like when we talk about like, oh, what's the line for this game? I look at the line, but I never even think about betting it because you just never know what team you're going to get. Truly. um, With with the buffs this season. So those are huge tests. And if they can, especially that UCLA one that at home on the 26th of February. If you can, if you can win that, that kind of reminds me of uh, last season when Arizona came, I think they were ranked two at the time and the buffs just mopped the floor with them on Evan Batty's senior night. And, and it did kind of build this momentum then into the PAC 12 tournament where the buffs made a little run. They competed with Arizona again at the PAC 12 tournament. They weren't able to come out with the win that time, but um, yeah, those are, those are big wins. And I don't know. I still don't want to like completely toss out the idea that they couldn't get an at large. If you win one of those, that it's another great win added to the resume. And I keep going back to it, but that Tennessee win, we're mm. almost two months. We might be two months out from that one now. Or no, we are. We're definitely over two months out from it. And that's still looking like one of the better wins by any team in the country. Cause mm-hmm. Tennessee is. They're really good. So I don't know. You still have that on your resume, but yeah, if you can also be Arizona or UCLA or heck, why not both that? I think that's great momentum uh, going into March. We'll keep our fingers crossed as we move forward. Big week this week to try and get right and really try to stack some wins in terms of the PAC 12. um, I don't have it in front of me. Do you know where the buffs lie in the PAC 12 right now? Um, I, I do not have that either. Okay, so they are – looks like they are eighth in the Pac-12 right now. I mean, a four and six in-conference record. You're tied with Washington and Washington State now. 
Oregon sitting at five and four in conference. So yeah, big week coming up. We'll see how it goes down. We're going to pivot again here, Will, but I'm going to tell the people about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental, who's been a supporter of DMVR since the very beginning. We've had countless fans and our own staff convert to Green Mountain Dental and never look back. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver in Lakewood. Dr. Ben and his team have you covered from general dentistry, like regular cleanings, orthodontics, wisdom teeth, and everything in between. Tell the team that DMBR Sports sent you get a $300 discount for a full orthodontics treatment for new patients. Also, if you mention DMVR Sports, you get a free set of bleach trays. That's a $350 value with a new patient cleaning exam and x-rays. To make an appointment or find more information, check out their website at greenmountaindentalgroup.com today. Let's talk a bit of football, Will. It's been an insane last few weeks. Recruiting is off the chain. It looks like we're setting up for another massive weekend of visits this coming weekend. Um, I didn't hear too much about people at CU this week. I think there were some future recruits, but not many transfers or anything of the like. But the big one, and the one that I want to talk to you about, Cormani McLean coming to Colorado to play in Boulder across from Travis Hunter, learn under Coach Prime. Your reaction to that whole wild recruitment and um, give me your take. Are we done? Is Cormani officially a buff or is there still more to this? I am not. We're not done. I am not like <laughs> I'm I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. It's so cool to see that he has said Colorado, but he was saying Miami too. So I'm not fully celebrating until he has signed to the University of Colorado. But man, is it it's pretty monumental to see that he like that Dion was able to flip him after months of being committed to Miami, get him to not sign on the early signing day back in December, get him to say January 15th, which ended up not being like a true day. And then he ended up yeah. committing verbally committing just some rant. I think it was Thursday night when you were, right. yeah, you were driving to the game. You yep. said, um, but yeah, it's wow. It's, it's special. I don't know if you saw the graphic that it might be by 24 seven that uh, well, before he actually got bumped down into being like the 43rd ranked player before all that <laughs> happened, he yeah. was, he was like a top 10 graded cornerback out of high school all time with Travis. Oh, yeah. so, so you've got, I'm still taking that number. I'm not taking the 43 number that yeah. they changed it to. So the buffs are going to have two of the, top 10 like highest graded cornerbacks out of high school ever next season just lining up it's it still doesn't even make sense as a fan that just watched a 1 in 11 season i it fully feels like a dream it really does doesn't it um what are you more hyped about right now the offense or the defense for next year i think the offense the, the defense is going to be awesome to watch too because you've got some huge playmakers on that side of the ball but everyone likes to watch a high scoring game like a good defensive game you like you give props to it and all but it is really fun to just watch him sling it and so I'm I'm super excited to see Shador just create incredible chemistry with all of these new incoming receivers and also you got Dylan Edwards I think the offense is just going to yeah. be electric week in and week out and the trenches the trenches have gotten built up too which i'm super happy to see about that oh yeah it's it's gonna be exciting man it's gonna be very fun offense to watch 
we're coming down to the wire national signing day on the first i'm sure we'll talk about it at least one more time until then but man as you mentioned it's it's crazy honestly it's like a dream it really is it's i never thought that we'd see the buffs improve this drastically in this short a period of time i mean coach prime's been on the job a little bit more than a month and the change that he's already done to this university is really outstanding we're looking forward to this season it's gonna be a lot of fun um i'm counting down the days man go ahead yeah just with that like the change that prime's made in just over a little over a month i can't remember a time that cu was this much in like the national media like Prime's going on the Manning cast and he's at the national championship pregame show and he's on the Pat McAfee show. And the thing that I love so much about all of it is how much he's dripping himself out in his buff gear. The buff logo is everywhere, everywhere right now. And it's, it, that's another thing that just doesn't even make sense to me to see CU's head coach sitting next to Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama. It just, there's only, there was only two coaches up there, and it's Alabama and Colorado's now. So just a, another pinch me moment. But, yeah, I, I'm i soaking up every minute of it, watching every pregame show, watching every podcast that Prime's on. I love it. It's been a lot of fun. It's going to keep on being a lot of fun, man. Hopefully this basketball team can manufacture a bit of a run and give us some hope as we head into Pac-12 conference play. Will, thanks again for hopping on, man. Um, we'll be talking throughout the week. We're – I mean, I don't know. I may not see you this week. We're on the road this week. So um, I guess I'll see you uh, sometime next week. We'll talk later in the week. We'll talk some hoops for sure, though. Um, Anything you want to say to people before you head out? No, just go Buffs. Keep supporting. Go Buffs. If you're you're in the Denver metro area and we got home games coming up, just get out to them. Show some support to the basketball team. Fans are showing out. They're, They're doing a good job, but let's just keep doing it. They need it right now for this final stretch. For sure. Students are back in school. Everyone's back in town. Get to the basketball basketball arena. Let's try and push these buffs on a run into the Pac-12 tournament. All right, Will. We'll meet again next week, my man. Thanks again for hopping on. Let's go buffs. Let's go buffs. Thanks for having me.